Welcome to Backstage Banter, where the Public Theater of Kentucky takes you deeper into our arts community. We chat with inspiring artists and creatives to find out what drives them and what they love doing. In this episode, my co-hosts and I had the pleasure of speaking with Micah Stock. Micah is a Tony Award-nominated stage, film, and television actor. He is best known for his appearances on Broadway alongside actors such as Stockard Channing, Nathan Lane, John Slattery, and Megan Mullally, just to name a few. He's also known for the Disney Plus original series The Right Stuff, Showtime's Escape at Dannemora, and for playing Doug in the Netflix dark comedy series Bonding, which if you haven't seen, you need to check that out. For the locals, you may have caught him on stage at Actors Theatre of Louisville. Since we recorded this episode, it was most recently announced that Micah will be appearing in the Tina Fey and John Hamm black comedy feature, Maggie Morse. Micah's resume is impressive, he's handsome, and he's witty, and he's hilarious. But what I appreciate most about Micah is that while I was at SUNY, he and his entire fourth-year class were the most open, warm, caring, and encouraging group of people I have met. Even today, I still feel like I can reach out to ask a question or get some advice from them. In this episode, we talked about theater, television, books, and Micah allowed me to geek out over some of my absolute favorites that he has worked with. Please enjoy getting to know the man who made me officially one degree away from John Hamm. Thank you, Micah. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love you most of all for that. Please enjoy getting to know Micah Stock. Thank you for joining us and taking time out to do this. Oh, of course. It's nice to talk to you, Amber. You too. Um, you were one of my favorite people at SUNY. So oh, actually, that's... your whole class was fantastic. We were a good class. We were a little, we were very uh, threes company. We were very like, <laughs> very much loved each other. You guys were great. And you were really good about taking first year people under your wing and, you know, That's kind of answering deal. questions and giving advice. So that was really nice. Uh, well, you know, it was like people did that for us. I think it's just part of the, you know, purchase is very uh, family oriented in that way. I think mm -hmm. everybody has that little badge of honor uh, that they went there. So the like, you know, that big brother, big sister type energy is, uh, is passed down, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So what have you been doing since purchase? I saw you in, and I'm going to butcher this name, but you were at Actors Theater of Louisville. That's right. Was that was my first job ever. That's how I got my equity card was at Actors really? Theater of Louisville. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's amazing. And that was directed by Kip Fagan, who had done a workshop at purchase yeah so i'm at kip taught at purchase mostly in the the dramatic writing program um and then directed uh some of those shows and so that's how i met kip through purchase and then yeah he's ended up being you know a great friend and a great mentor to me for for i've been out of school for a decade now so that that whole time wow yeah it doesn't seem like that long ago <laughs> i know right i know it seems it, it's sort of like you know this year it seems like very quick and very long uh, oh my god yes Dang that's yes. the perfect way to talk about 2020 yeah but that was actually the first humana festival i had ever attended and it was it was an interesting show but i really enjoyed it it was michael von oh you saw Sieberberg that melts through the floorboards michael von Siebenberg melts through the floorboards i didn't realize you'd seen that 
Yes. Oh my gosh. But we didn't. Wait, no, we did know each other at that time because it was after Christmas. Yes. Of course. Yes, I remember now. I remember. <laughs> um, I think I came to the Humana Festival and we had drinks and then I came oh back gosh. to see the show. Oh my gosh, that's exactly right. <laughs> that was 2012. That was eight. It was a while ago. Oh my gosh! Yeah, thank you for lots of things me. have happened. Oh, right. that's so funny. Things have happened, and then I see you pop up on you know my Netflix feed like Brittany runs a marathon. Or the funniest thing is I get people telling me I should watch this show called Bonding because oh because the character <laughs> Doug is so adorable. Oh, he's a uh, oh Seth on on oh, in Bonding, yeah, Doug, Doug. Um, oh, I'm so yeah. Bonding is was really fun. You know that was something that I made with an old friend of mine. I made. <laughs> <laughs> I I acted in. It's kind of like I was taking credit. Um, my friend, writer Doyle, who wrote and directed the show, we'd known each other. We met at Williamstown Theater Festival when I was still at Purchase one summer. And just, we sort of mm -hmm. knew each other throughout the years. And then it's just funny how that stuff happens. You know, you're a, an apprentice at a theater festival with somebody. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, years later, you're on their TV show. Um, it's just oh, such a, a connection. Right. Such a funny yeah. connection. I mean, you guys know Always, that's yeah. how, that's how anything happens in, in showbiz, whether you're, an actor, an artistic director, a producer, a drag queen. I mean, it's all about who you meet. It's all about who you know. In your community, yeah. Well, Chad and Cheryl just started watching Bonding today, and they are loving it. It's, oh my God, the first episode, I scream at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a proper response to that show. I'm glad you're liking it. I was loving it. I was just, I couldn't even keep up with what was going on. I was just like, I am so perplexed by this, but yeah. I can't listen. Well, we feel I will plug. We filmed the second season uh, earlier this year. Um, Ooh, that's we, we wrapped just before quarantine started in New York. Um, oh, and uh, and that's coming out soon. I have to admit that the only reason why I wanted to talk to you. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the only reason. <laughs> but number one, you have a connection to some of our honorary board members. Um, Dylan Baker and Becky Baker. Oh, oh my gosh. I did know that. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Becky is a Kentucky girl. She graduated from Western. That's right. That's right. So Dylan and Becky Ann agreed to be honorary board members for the Public Theater of Kentucky oh, a few years. That is so cool. I really, really, you know, I, I've known Dylan and Becky, um, you know, just from afar, you know, they're sort of theater royalty. Uh, yes. in New York and uh, television royalty for that matter. Um, but uh, I, I finally got to know them as friends. You know, I knew their work very well, but I got to know them as friends when Dylan and I did uh, the front page on, on Broadway together. And, uh, you know, Dylan is just, yeah, that's a career. I, Dylan and Becky. He has an, um, they both have an oh, amazing career. I mean, illustrious. I know people, I don't really know what that word means, but whatever it means, <laughs> it applies to Dylan and Becky M. Baker. And John Slattery was also in that show, correct? And Hovland Taylor. Hovland Taylor, yeah, there were tons of people at that show. I feel like it would be. How was that experience? I mean, it was great. I I done. It was my second Broadway show, and and the first one I'd done. It, you know, not to be crude, but was just sort of. It was like a lot of famous people, and then me. So I, at that point, yeah. I'd gotten used to being. Uh, sort of the, the black sheep. You're like this is no big in thing. that regard. <laughs> um, not not that I was any less uh, you know at, admiring of them or less starstruck, but um, you know I had a better sense for 
for that sort of uh, exposure, I think, that, right. yes. that, that, right. that people of a, of a certain um, level of fame are privy to. And figuring out all of those personalities, I'm sure. Right. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Um, <laughs> but lots of, lots of good people, too. I have to ask about your first experience, which was in It's Only a Play. Yeah. For which you were nominated for t- a Tony Award. Yeah. For best featured actor. Yeah. Like just right out of the gate, you guys. <laughs> well, we were right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple years of you know doing things in basements you and put in some work to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but yes, it was very. I still was relatively out of the gate, I suppose, if that means. <laughs> Well, Stockard Channing is probably one of the reasons why I chose to be an actress. Oh, is that right? I've, I've loved her since I was a small child. And then I, of course, fell in love with Megan Mullally yeah. when she was on Will and Grace. And I still adore her and her husband as well. Yeah, Nick Offerman. Um, yeah. So I have to know what it was like to work with both of them. And if they're awful people. You oh, my goodness. Say. No, I, I could talk about how amazing they are for a long time. I mean, they are, <laughs> they are performers of, you know, the utmost uh, caliber. I mean, they're both like, just to watch them, both as comedians and as actors. I mean, to watch, <laughs> right. those are both women who know how to land a joke. And they in do. such an artful, graceful, uh, real way. Um, no, I learned a lot just just from watching, it. and that applies to the you know the whole the whole cast of that play, really. Um, right. But you know, also especially Stockard and, and Megan. Well, it's good to hear that they are awesome. good. People. Yeah, they were. Everyone's very very <laughs> kind to me. I think. Um, I think being the newbie on the block, uh, you know, I think everybody sort of extended themselves to me, which I'm very very grateful for. In retrospect, you know, it's the way it's the way that I would want to treat, you know, a young actor, uh, you know, coming in. And Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick were in that cast as well. Oh, and Rupert Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and F. Murray Abraham. And uh, I think that I think that's hit everybody. I think we said everybody's name now. And then we had some replay. Martin Short came in. uh, Malik Pancholi, T.R. Knight, uh, Katie Finneran. F. Murray Abram. Yeah, yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, he was there the whole time. Um, yeah, it was a lot of folks coming through. It was a good, it was one of the strangest years of my life. Uh, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was great. I'm, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm sure it was exhausting. It, well, I mean, it was, a, it was so much fun, but, you know, also exhausting. Tell me a little bit about um, Williamstown, because a lot of actors come out of Williamstown, but I don't think a lot of people know what that is, especially some of the students that may listen to this sure. show. Yeah, so I mean, Williamstown Theater Festival is a, you know, I, I always want to give a history lesson, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's boring. Uh, but, no, they, you know, it started in the 50s and 60s um, to be kind of America's answer to the Shakespeare Festival that they were going to focus on, you know, there were lots of Shakespeare festivals throughout the world that focused on the works of Shakespeare and, you know, Elizabethan dramas, but there wasn't really, you know, a a summer theater festival that celebrated, you know, Chekhov and American writers, more sort of modern Mm -hmm. um, writers. And so Williamstown became kind of a place for that um, and continues to be uh, both a, a home for new work and for, 
you know, revivals. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's been around a long time. And I was an apprentice there in 2009. I was part of this crew of young, yeah, mostly I'd say aspiring actors, but they could have been directors, you know, anyone interested in theater who kind of like mm -hmm. were an army of helpers throughout the festival. Um, and uh, I did that program halfway through purchase. I met a lot of cool people. And then weirdly enough, um, you know, 10 years later, I think exactly, <laughs> I, um, I worked there as a, you know, as a professional actor. So there was kind of a, an interesting bookend there. That's, That's very yeah. cool. And you worked at Chautauqua as well, correct? No, I never, I never got it. I never, <laughs> they never hired me. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Neither did I. So there you no, go. No, no love lost. <laughs> but I did visit Chautauqua and they did great plays. Okay. <laughs> I saw that you were in a TV show called The Right Stuff for Disney. Yeah, yeah. It's on, it's on uh, right now. Now, is that based on or tied anyway to the 1983 movie, The Right Stuff? Tied in the sense that it's the same, uh, a lot of the same story. It's bit, you know, that Tom Wolfe wrote a book about the original Mercury 7 astronauts called The Right Stuff that came out in the, mm -hmm. the 70s. It was very popular and they made it into a very, you know, well-received film. Um, and then now Disney and National Geographic have turned it into a, a television series. So I play one of the, um, the original Mercury 7 astronauts. His name is, is Deke Slayton. Oh, cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was a really fun job. We shot in Florida for six months, you know, on at NASA. We got to shoot a lot of stuff actually at the, you know, original facilities for the launches. Um, oh, 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 how That's cool. cool. Yeah, and it was a world, you know, it wasn't ever a world that I knew much about. You know, I knew the basics of, you know, NASA going to the moon, et cetera. But not a kid who grew up wanting to be an astronaut. I wasn't. Were you guys? I wanted to be an astronaut because there was a movie called Space Camp. Oh, I remember Space Camp where the kids. Oh, I, I yes. wanted to be an astronaut. And then I realized there was so much math and science involved. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I just want to play an astronaut. That's right. I want to be go to Space Camp and accidentally get sent to space. All I know is I definitely watched it on VHS. Um, so what do you have going on now? I saw that there's something called Compliance that you worked on that's completed but hasn't been released. Can you tell us anything about oh, that? Well, I can. I mean, I can. It's it's funny. I, I imagine that's on IMDb. They sh it is. <laughs> they tend to show. Um, compliance was a pilot. It was a, a television pilot that I did for, for FX. Um, like uh, two or three I, years ago that, that ended up not going to series. <laughs> so I think it might still be listed as like, oh, I see. see, they make it look like you just finished it and they're going to release it. That's oh, what they make it look like. No, unfortunately not. Um, but it was a, no. but it was a fun job while it lasted. Very cool. <laughs> nice. Was, was it, did I see Mary Louise Parker? Yeah, yeah, it? she was in it, and, and okay. Courtney B. Vance, and... Um, nice. Yeah, lots of great uh, people. I, I don't know what happened, you know, they never really tell yeah. actors anything, so I don't know what happened. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay, They're thanks, like, you're just uh, not doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually am watching Escape at Denimora. Oh, yeah. So I have not gotten very far in it, but I did see that you make an appearance at some point. So I'm pretty excited about that. I do. That was a fun, that was a cool job. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it was just, uh, I'd never gotten to work or anything of that scale before. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just a really, you know, to be like a, sm- a small part in the, um, in the clock that was that like big, big, big uh, yeah. machine was really interesting. And, and uh, Ben Sawyer is just a really great director. Um, I, I, learned yeah. a lot of job. I won't say anything because I don't want to, you know, I don't know where you are. I don't want to ruin it. I just love a pr- Patricia Arquette. She is so good, man. She was really, you know, I, I don't know how far you got. I don't think this is a spoiler. I play her son. She's a very, very focused uh, actor and she, it pays off. You know, she's so good in the show. So what are you watching or reading or what podcast are you listening to? Right oh, now? that's a good question. Um, what have I watched most recently? I mean, I feel like it's all sort of a, a, a blur. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I, you know, I watched the second season of Pen Fifteen, which I think is so brilliant. I still haven't watched that. Is it? Really I think good? it's just fantastic. I mean, it's about it's these two uh, women who uh, created a show where they, they're, I think they're in their thirties, but they play, you know, loosely kind of fifteen-year-old versions of themselves. And it's just so like, I think for any, anybody looking back on their adolescence and their youth, you know, it feel it, it, you understand and they play it so well, just like the, how dramatic everything and how everything feels like the end of the world. Um, Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's been, I really enjoyed that. Are you a reader? You know, I just started today. I started Barack Obama's book today, which I'm so excited about. Ooh, I nice. haven't gotten it yet, but it's on oh, my he's list. such a good writer. I mean, it's you know, it's I, I'm <laughs> so that's that's most recent in mind. But prior to that, um, I read this great book called The Soul of an Octopus, which the soul. Okay, of an you want to hear something crazy about octopuses? I don't know if this is too tangential for your theater podcast. No, go right ahead. <laughs> octopuses, which is the correct plural for octopuses, by the way. Is they have a sense of humor. Really? So I won't tell you that there's like in the book they outline that, but basically octopuses are extremely emotionally intelligent. And I haven't been able to like eat an octopus since. Um, (laughs) Ever since I found out that they have a sense of humor and that they laugh. Right. They make jokes. What? That is so good. Isn't that one of the craziest you've ever heard? How did, did they like play jokes on each they, other? I mean, I feel like I, maybe I should just tell you the quick version of this story. So the octopuses, there are these, I maybe I'm going to explain this to someone who's not a scientist who just read a book, you know, written okay. by someone who understands more about science. That works for But us. there were these octopuses in a lab, in a tank in a lab, and they noticed that they would come back to the lab in the morning and the lights would be off. And they'd be like, this is crazy. Like we leave the lights on all the time. Why are the lights off? (laughs) So they set up a camera and they realized that at night, the octopus would crawl out the top of its tank, crawl across the room, crawl up the wall and turn the light switch off and then crawl back into its tank. So they noticed this and they're like, that's, you know, they were sort of like anthropomorphizing it, being like, oh, this is so funny that he does this. Then the octopus started doing it when they were there. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then what they decided is they're like, well, we want to figure out this question. Like, does the octopus think this is funny? So then they hooked up these like, you know, 
something that measures like the pleasure receptors in your brain, like the octopus equivalent uh-huh. of serotonin. Right. And it yeah. spiked whenever the people noticed that the octopus turned the light off. Oh my! <laughs> Isn't that insane? I had a roommate one time that was obsessed with having his own octopus in a tank at home. What? And after doing some research myself, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely great. insane. I mean, it's because insane. for one it's thing, insane. if that octopus is unhappy, it's going to leave. Or murder. Like, they can be really dangerous. Will an octopus kill a human? Maybe. I don't think that. I don't think <laughs> murder. That was thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get be a joke on back. I don't want to get sued for slandering octopuses. I really want to read this book. It's great. It's called The Soul of an Octopus. Are you listening to any podcasts or any music? You know, I did um a lot of podcasts. I did like a you know socially distant safe, you know, road trip this summer. Um how do you do a socially distant? Well, I program? drove, you know, the only time I had even close contact with other people was at a gas station outside pumping gas okay. and then camping. Okay. So it was really, really wasn't, you know, oh, no. um, but I listened to so many podcasts on this. I listened to, uh, to Dr. Death. Have you heard of? Yes. <laughs> Are oh. any of you getting surgery anytime soon? No, okay. thank you. Because <laughs> don't listen to it if you're about to go into surgery. Or do, I don't know. But I love true crime, and listening to that podcast, I was just like, how? first of all, how do these people keep getting jobs? Oh, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's bone-chilling. And second, I think there were some patients who had heard rumors about bad things that happened, and they still had the surgery. I know. I mean, you better believe no, no, that... Any t- if I ever have to get surgery, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be calling everyone and their mother about full background. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> I had knee surgery to fix my meniscus. Um, and I knew the doctor. He dated a girl that I had grown up with and they had dated since high school. And I was still like, no, we're going to find out everything we can. About oh, absolutely. <laughs> Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't it even matter if you're Dr. Death's friend. No. <laughs> I love Dr. Death and I love Crime Junkie. And then I recently got into Serial Killers, a podcast called <laughs> a podcast called Hillary. Yeah. You say it you, you say it sort of the way like you like discovered crocheting. You're like, and then I got into crocheting and then I, I got into mass murder. <laughs> I'm just a groupie, and I started writing some serial killers. No big deal. You have a Ted Bundy film with Zach? Oh, I can't watch it. That's too intense for me. I can't do it. I haven't watched it because I keep forgetting about it. Thanks for reminding me. How are you doing Um, (laughs) self-care? My dog. (laughs) No, no, my dog. dog, No, it's, you you know, New York. Well, no, I try to, you know, I just try to get out and about as much as I can, um, you know, obviously in a safe way, um, you know, make sure I'm talking yeah. to my friends a lot, you know, checking even just to check in. Um, have you been able to visit friends or do you do? Zoom yeah, calls both. Or? I mean, I've, I've, I have a couple of friends who live nearby who, you know, we take walks together. Mm-hmm. We can hang out. I have a little front yard. Um, yeah. So oh, I'm not like bereft of connection completely. 
Um, but you know, I just, I really do. I miss theater so much. I just such a big part of, you know, I, I didn't, you don't think about it because it's so habitual. Right. But yeah, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's such a, you know, I, I went to the theater, you know, two, three times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and if not, that did something theater related two or three times a week. So I'm I'm sure you guys must feel that way. I'm, you know, I understand why why we can't right now. I'm just I'm looking forward to the day that we can, and yeah, and I think it's cool that just if everyone just please do what they're supposed to, so we I can know. get back to and it. I'm glad, well, I'm glad that you guys are finding you know ways to work in other mediums because that's been that's been one cool mm-hmm. part of this is watching people you know have to deal with um, these new things. You know, theater yeah. finds a way. What are some of the shows you got to see before? The world. I mean, I'm, the most exciting thing I saw. Oh God, I, I'm trying to remember what I saw. That bad, huh? Before? No, no. I'm, there are things popping in my head. I'm just trying to remember how updated my timeline is in my head. Um, right. Yeah. God, what was the last thing that I saw? Well, I'm very happy for um, uh, for Slave Play uh, for Jeremy O'Harris and all that. I have I have a lot of good friends mm-hmm. who who were in that show, worked on that show. Um, you know, I think that was such an essential piece of theater. And then, uh, what else did I see? That's, that's, to be honest with you, that's the last thing I remember seeing before everything shut down, but I've seen some cool, uh, you know, some cool zoom things. Uh, a friend of mine is in a theater company called society theater company. They did a really cool play that just felt it was kind of specifically written for zoom. So every scene took place That's on funny. Zoom, so it was very, um, you know, site specific. I, um, I've seen things like that that have been really neat. Are you still able to stream their stuff? Because that would be interesting to watch. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm sure they recorded it at some point, but I think you know, in I the spirit of keeping it like theater, they kind of try to keep it ephemeral. You know, like yeah. they yeah. it plays a couple yeah. nights and then yeah. it goes away, kind of thing. Um, yeah, which I, I appreciate in a way. Now, do you still see some of your classmates? Oh my gosh, my best friend. I mean, I, I you know, saw Chris Chris Perfetti today. Um, I actually want him to. Be he a should ask him. Ask him. He's a great guy. How do you get in touch with him? I can give you his phone number. Yeah, that would be sweet. Um, he actually, I wonder if he'll actually come back. He's borrowing my car right now. I wonder if he'll come back while we're recording the the podcast. Um, no, it's funny. It's, it's Chris. It's also funny how Instagram. things happen. You know, Chris and I are best friends, but we also just share a lot of, you know, friends in the business and work together on uh-huh. occasion. We're And he's in the second season of Bonding um, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. So you'll see him. Oh, and he's equally as adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a great actor. <laughs> he is. He really is. And I love, I follow Sophia on Instagram and I think her Instagram yeah, is Yeah, so Sophia's beautiful. amazing. She's, uh, you know, Sophia went to acting school with us, but she's now become, you know, a producer and, a, and an amazing photographer. Yeah. She's, uh, and Sophia's my other, I mean, Chris are so far my best friends and I, um, Joanna and Emily, Natalie Wilms Flores, you know, I, they're well, all, they're all still my main people. Well, thank you for chatting with Chad, Listen, Cheryl. Th- do you have anything else I, you want to? I just want to say thank you for for giving us a little time to to bend your ear tonight and talk about theater. 
uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to to talk oh, to us. Oh, you guys and, were so fun to talk show. to. I wish, I hope someday I can come and see a play there, and then maybe and maybe see a drag performance. I hope you after. do. Oh, that would be amazing. I think we can work with that since you know. I know. I I do, I do look everything. forward to the day when we all can yep. sort of like have that moment in the whiz where they're like, "Can you feel a?" What is some advice or like encouragement? that you can give to some young actors? I think the best thing you can do is, is the advice that, which is, you know, if you're tired, if you're not working, if you're bored, make your own stuff, you know, whatever, whatever that means to you. And it doesn't have to be yeah. writing, you know, read a play, do get a play group going over zoom, keep yourself engaged with, you know, the thing that you like doing even while you can't do it. Um, and I, I'm giving, as I'm saying, I'm reminding myself of that, too. That's some very good advice yeah. and a good reminder. Because I don't know about you, but it's been very easy for me to just be like, okay, I'm going to do the work I have to do today and yeah. curl up yeah. on my bed and watch Netflix. And I've done that a lot this year. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm yeah. reminding myself that, you know, that that's not a day. You know, it's good to do sometimes, but, no. you know, don't. Life's still happening. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Micah. You. Yeah, you too, it's Amber. So good and to and nice to meet you both. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to PTK's Backstage Banter. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and please, please be sure to keep listening and share the podcast so that we can grow this audience even larger. Micah, thank you so much for being a guest. Chatting with you is like chatting with an old friend, and we really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. And don't be surprised if I text you to see what kind of cologne that John Hamm is wearing. It's a question I have, and what? It's not weird. Thank you for listening to Backstage Banter and for making the Public Theater of Kentucky your local theater. As a 501c3 nonprofit organization, we rely on our friends and community to bring you quality programming. We provide opportunities for the region's youth and adults with theater productions, workshops, and inclusive educational outreach initiatives, which include Sunburst Youth Theater, Special Stages Theater Therapy for Students on the Autism Spectrum, and the Kentucky Voices Series. To stay up to date or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit ptkbg.org or follow us on all social media platforms. 